Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means that you'll hear two hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's August 4th. On this day in 1892, someone murdered Lizzie Borden's parents with an axe in Fall River, Massachusetts. According to that famous rhyme, it was Lizzie Borden. She gave her mother 40 wax, and when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. You probably know that. But none of that is right. Number one, it was Lizzie Borden's stepmother. Her mother was Sarah Anthony Morse, who died when Lizzie was about three, and her dad, Andrew Jackson Borden, remarried a woman named Abby Durfee. This part is maybe a more excusable mistake, though, for as far as we know, Lizzie called Abby mother for most of her young life. The second big mistake, Abby did not get 40 wax with that axe. There were 19. And then Andrew did not get 41. He got 10. It's also really not clear, as many people are sure, that Lizzie Borden did it. It's not clear who delivered those wax. She was the prime suspect. She was put on trial. She was also acquitted. And she was the prime suspect for several reasons. Both she and her sister Emma were upset that their father had given one of the properties that they owned to their stepmother rather than to them. They were older at this point in terms of when people typically married. They they were not married yet. Having this property would have helped them support themselves. There's maybe some financial jealousy or greed going on. The day before the murders, Lizzie had also allegedly tried to buy poison from the pharmacist, and even though he refused, the Bordens and their maid all reported feeling sick to their stomachs the next morning. Lizzie was also suspected because she was home at the time, and there were no signs of a break-in or a struggle, so there were a lot of questions about how would you miss the fact that your stepmother was literally being murdered with an axe right down the hall. And when a police officer on the scene asked Lizzie when she had last seen her mother, she said, no, it's my stepmother. And this got brought up a lot after that. She also did give a lot of contradictory answers, and she acted really strange on the stand. This may be explained, though, by the fact that she had been given morphine as a sedative. She'd also burned a dress in the kitchen a few days after the murder. She was portrayed for a long time as really cold and unfeeling toward her family, but some documents that were uncovered more recently show that while she was being held, she had this just colossal amount of grief over their deaths. At the same time, though, I mean, that's a lot of circumstantial evidence that people pointed to Lizzie Borden, but there was no blood on her, not on her clothing or on her shoes. Officially, it's unsolved. Nobody else was ever charged. But after the trial was over, Lizzie Borden was really ostracized by the community. This rhyme is just entrenched in popular consciousness. It goes all the way back to not at all long after this whole thing happened. People know Lizzie Borden took an axe. She gave her mother 40 wax. The story has also been remade over and over and over in books and movies and songs, on and on. It's a little odd that it has stuck so well in people's memories. It's a gruesome and horrifying crime, but also not that uncommon of a crime when it happened. It was the murder of two people who were related to each other, carried out with an axe, which was a very common murder weapon in the 19th century. Most people had one at hand. Crimes of convenience often were committed with handy objects. 
You can find out more about Lizzie Borden on the October 4th, 2010 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class, which was also updated on August 15th, 2012. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio skills on these episodes. And you can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for some heroic women in World War II. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was August 4th, 1911. A Major League Baseball player named Herman Schaefer, or Germany as he was nicknamed, stole first base in reverse during a game. Germany Schaefer made his Major League debut in October of 1901, playing for the Chicago Cubs. Schaefer worked as a baseball player, coach, or scout until he died in 1919. But during his baseball career, he was known for his antics on the field. He entertained crowds by pulling pranks like wearing a raincoat onto the field, bringing a lantern onto the field, or walking along the foul line as if it were a tightrope. One of his most remembered stunts is stealing first base. A base is stolen when a runner moves to the next base without the ball having been hit into play and without a fielding error. The official scorer awards stolen bases. On August 4th, 1911, Schaefer was in Chicago playing for the Washington Senators against the Chicago White Sox. In this era, stealing bases was a popular strategy. That included the double steal, which happens when two base runners attempt to steal a base on the same play. When this game was in the bottom of the ninth inning, the score was 0-0. to Schaefer's teammate, Clyde Millen, was on third base. Schaefer stole second, hoping to draw a throw from the White Sox catcher, Fred Payne, and allow Millen to steal home. But the catcher held the ball. This led Schaefer to try and steal backward to first base on the next pitch so he could attempt the double steal again. But again, he did not draw a throw from the catcher. White Sox manager Hugh Duffy ran out onto the field to argue with umpire Tommy Connolly about letting Schaefer steal first. While they argued, Schaefer made a run for second base again. Schaefer was caught in a rundown, or when a base runner gets stuck between two bases. At this point, Millen headed for home plate, but Millen was tagged for the third out, and the inning was over. The Senators argued that the play did not count because the White Sox had 10 players on the field, counting the Sox's manager, even though he had not played a game in years. But the umpire ruled against them, as they had caused the chaos in the first place. And the official scorer only credited Schaefer for one stolen base, even though the umpire said that stealing first base was legal. Millen did later score, and the Senators won the game 1-0. Newspapers reported on the events of the game the next day. An August 5th report in the Richmond Item out of Indiana said, The umpires and bugs will keep guessing all summer over what right has a man to steal bases backward. Outfielder Davy Jones recalled Schaefer stealing first base in 1908 against Cleveland, but this story has not been verified. 
1920, a rule was passed to call players out if they ran the bases in reverse order. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at T-D-I-H-C Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be back with more history tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.